Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the fourth Saturday of September, September 25th, 2021. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve targeted individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something that is said or done today will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator, Sister Helena Thompson, our Minister of Music. I'm Carolyn Cunningham, and I will present the invocation, the invitation to giving, and the announcements. Today, Sister Sharon Taylor will offer the altar prayer. Pastor Millicent will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship. And finally, our Pastor Millicent will offer final remarks and the benediction. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members. Pray for the worldwide church, our families and friends, TIs worldwide in advocacy and activist groups. Pray for the loved ones of those who have died from the coronavirus. Pray for the overtaxed medical professionals during this time of dire need. Pray that all government officials be moved by the Holy Spirit to do the will of God. Please pray for all victims of the earthquake in Haiti and other Haitians who were at the Del Rio, Texas border. Pray that they will receive humane and equitable treatment now that they're away from the border. Pray for all victims of hurricanes, flooding, and fires here in the U.S. and throughout the world. And please continue to pray for Pastor Millicent and her family on the loss of her mother. Thank you for your attention. Now Sister Helena will play the opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you through the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six. And amen. 
there's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down coming after me. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Imagine God loving you that much, because he does. He does love us that much. He chases us down and leaves the 99 if we were lost just to come and find us. That's called overwhelming and never ending and even reckless, but it's the love of God. God bless each of you as we are here this afternoon for some and evening for others to share in this time of worship of the almighty God. Good afternoon. I thank God for this day that he has made and I certainly thank him for each of you and I thank you for your presence here today. I must voice my appreciation to the ministry team for all that you do to help bring the services by Zoom and by TalkShoe each week. I offer a special thank you and a great big God bless you for I could not do it by myself. I want to emphasize to our waiting congregation that it may be necessary to mute your lines to maintain the reverence of the service. So I just ask you individually to please try to help us keep down any distractions. To God be the glory that though we live all across these United States, from California to Connecticut, Washington State to Ohio, Tennessee, Maryland, North Carolina, and Georgia, we are working together by God's grace and to God be the glory. Our scripture today is coming from the book of Colossians. I've been all over the place. And there are scriptures all over the place that are worthy of discussion this afternoon. And what I'm going to do is during the month of October, I'll be working on a series that will follow what the uh, follow the message that we'll be talking about today so that we will have I believe God will give us clearer revelation and encouragement in our spirits and excitement in our souls about where we are today, about where we are right now. So Colossians chapter one, verses 25 through 27. I have become his servant by the commission of God. Gave to me, gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we come humbly to you this afternoon. Father, declaring my own insufficiency and accepting, oh God, your sufficiency and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Thanking you, God, for the grace like what Jesus gave to Paul when Paul asked for relief from the thorn in the flesh. Jesus came and told him, my grace is sufficient for you. And my strength is made perfect in your weakness. God, like Paul, all the more I glory in my weakness. For your word says, when I am weak, then you are strong in me. 
God, I thank you now for going before me, making rough roads smooth and crooked roads straight, granting wisdom and understanding of the word of God as we share it to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the title of the message today, and it is to be continued, is, in, is called, It's a Mystery. It's a mystery. How many times have you lost things around the house and you would say, I just had it. I can't understand what could have happened to it. It's, it's a mystery. Well, much time has been spent down through the ages to solving mysteries. There is the mystery of the seven wonders of the world. There's a mystery of whether or not there are life on other planets and what happened to boats that sailed through the Bermuda Triangle. They've all left people wondering what could have happened. It's still a mystery. Then there are the television favorite mysteries that we call entertainment. As far back as I can remember, and I'm dating myself, but because I know so many of you are with me, I'm okay. There was Alfred Hitchcock. Y'all remember Alfred Hitchcock? I couldn't remember the Rod Sterling mystery series that came on each week. But then there was Perry Mason, Matlock, came along later, along with Angela Lansbury and Murder, She Wrote, Always a Mystery in the Plot. All were mysteries about what happened to some person or who killed them and how. Today, we have the real life mysteries of who is responsible for using the Tesla technology to hurt, maim, burn, blister, and even kill humans that God has created. We want to know if the neighbors are involved. Law enforcement or first responders. Now the federal government, who is suspect, and even the president are interested in who is really responsible for the onset of what is now called the Havana syndrome. They are all mysteries to man, but not to God. A mystery in a biblical sense is something that has been hidden, but is now revealed to God's people. Isaiah was the first to introduce the plan of God to save his people when he spoke of the expected virgin birth of one upon whose shoulders would be the government. Isaiah went on to talk about the days of the end that John wrote about in the book of Revelation by saying, but with righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Jesus spoke of the mystery of the kingdom of God and Paul preached about the mystery of salvation and of eternal life. Jesus talked to the disciples about the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. John is accounted with three mysteries that as we go on through our Bible study, we'll eventually get to the book of Revelation and we will work our way through an understanding of the knowledge of the seven stars and the golden candlesticks. 
which today remain a mystery. And we'll be talking more about who Babylon the Great is and who was the woman revealed in Revelations chapter 17. Mysteries that we consider are the same as those that God discussed with Job at the end of his trial. Who would have ever thought that God would have allowed Satan to have at one of his chosen people? And yet we ourselves have been chosen. Mystery. People will ask you, why you? Sometimes they'd ask, who are you? Mysteries. When we think of God's plan for your life or for mine, we look to what God said to Jeremiah or through the Psalms. In Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, he said to him, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and had appointed you as a prophet to the nations. In Psalms 139, he says, before any day of your life was lived, every day had already been written. So when we look at the book of Job and all that Job went through and compare Job's life to your life, it's a mystery. How could I have gotten chosen to be in such a place as this? But my grandmother would say, why not me? Why not me? We remember Satan coming into the meeting room in the morning time when all the angels came to get their assignments and God asked him, why are you here? And he said, I, he was just going to and fro looking for whom he may devour. And God stopped him with the question, have you considered my servant, Job? And the, the devil told him, well, you know, I would, but you surround him and you wouldn't let me have him. And so that would be no fun. And God says, well, no, go ahead. It was a mystery that God had chosen Job for such a task. And then we, 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 we call all of the things that Job went through on his way to the end of the story. He lost his children, his cattle, his riches. He lost his good standing in the community. He was body was written with, with boils and his two or three best friends were always around to kind of mimic while they tried to quote unquote help him through his misery. His wife's advice was not to be taken, curse God and die, absolutely not. Job began to curse the day he, he was born though and but then he got to a point where he declared with boldness, I know that my redeemer lives and he shall lift me up again at that day. So even in Job's place of loss and suffering and grief, Job was still able to look forward through the mysteries that were to come and have confidence that God was his redeemer and that he would raise him up. So then we got to the end of the story. The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind, out of all these questions that Job was asking himself and asking, asking God and trying to use as defenses for himself against his buddies. 
And God says, who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Why would you dare begin to talk about who I am and what I can do when you don't even know me is what God was saying. So God began to ask Job about the questions of the mystery of his kingdom. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Who determined its measurements and who stretched the line upon it? Have you all ever thought about that yourself? And you know, all we hear is that the world is round or that the world is flat, but has anyone ever told you what the measurements are of the world? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy or who shut the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made the clouds his garments and thick darkness his swaddly man and prescribed bounds for it and set bars and doors and said, thus far shall you come and no farther. And here shall your proud waves be stopped. Mysteries, mysteries. If you live close enough to water, like Gulf Shores or the Atlantic or the Pacific, I encourage you to go there and just look out over as far as you can see the, the ocean and the water and they seem to meet with the sky and tell yourself it's a mystery that I can stand on this side of the water and it doesn't cover me up. But God asked Job, were you there when that happened? When I decided that the sea could roll in up on the shore just so far? Did you hear me tell that scene? And don't go any further than that. Come on back out. It's a mystery. And yet we serve the God who have all the answers. He, in and of himself, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit making the Trinity, the answers are kept for the right time of revelation. Now in the pericope for today, we find Paul writing once again from a jail cell. Paul is also credited with having written the book of Ephesians, the book of Philippians, and the book of Philemon, all from a jail cell. Paul kind of sounded like Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He wrote quite a few letters from a jail cell also, not because he or Paul had done wrong, but because they were chosen to fight by God for specific causes. Dr. King for the civil rights of God's people, Saul for the salvation of the Gentiles. I spoke about Dr. King and talking about the sufferings of Job. So do you think Dr. King knew ahead of time what he would suffer for God's sake? We'll remember that Jesus told Paul when he was Saul, after he became Paul, what to expect. 
God had already chosen Dr. King. God chose Saul to become Paul and God chose Jesus Christ before either of them were born to be the champion of nonviolent resistance to discrimination, to oppression and inequality of the people of God, to the people of God. That's a mystery. We can read more about Paul's sufferings from the church in the, for the church in the book of 1 Corinthians. However, Jesus told Paul on the Damascus road that he would learn all that he would have to suffer for the gospel's sake. Many times we're told once you become a Christian, all of your worries will be over. Just join the church sometimes we're told and then the Lord will take up all your battles. Well, I believe he takes them up. What we don't know is, or, or what remains a mystery is how long is it gonna take him to take it up? And I'm sure that's a question in all of our minds and hearts as we suffer much like did Paul and Dr. King. If only we knew what we would suffer, would we make the same choice to follow him? I would, for the hope that lies before me is a crown of life. It's because Christ loves, lives in us that we can dare to hope for the glory. And the glory is the manifested presence of God himself. That's when God shows up. That's when man knows that something is happening outside of their capacity to control it. That's when man looks at each other and scratches their heads or go, whoa, because they know that the fight is on and they have no power to win. It's kind of like you are being bothered by the bully when suddenly your big brother shows up or your big sister, for those of us who didn't have a brother or who was the big sister as I am. Paul learned time after time that Jesus was all he needed and that Christ's suffering was indeed made perfect every time he could not meet the challenge in his own might. Did you hear that? Every time we can't meet the challenge in our own might, it's Christ's strength that becomes sufficient for us. And that sufficiency shows up as grace. My favorite definition is God's can when I can't. The Bible tells us it's unmerited favor. Not from any source of my own, not from my thought power, my bank account, or my friends, but from God does my help come. So Paul is the only writer that I am familiar with that likes to talk about the mystery of the gospel. A mystery in the New Testament is something that had at one time been hidden, but is now revealed to God's people. God had lots of secrets. Even Pastor uh, Elder Carolyn prayed about it. Sister Sharon pray, pr prayed about it. And so we are all familiar with the secrets of God that are only to be revealed at a special time. God revealed them through the prophets in the Old Testament. 
And now it's revealed by his word. It's revealed by spirit. And it's revealed by those who are in the fivefold ministry. While Jesus was on earth, Jesus often spoke to the disciples about the secrets that God would allow him to only share with the disciples. Now we have Paul who has been graced to have revealed unto, unto him the mysteries that only God and Jesus had shared. He reveals them now unto us. The apostle Paul used the word mystery 21 times in his epistles. In each case, the mystery involved a wonderful declaration of spiritual truth revealed by God through divine inspiration. A mystery that which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit to God's holy apostles and the prophets. Even today, we understand the Bible uh, better than our foreparents did. Today, there have been many commentaries written on the word of God that was not available to our foreparents, to my grandparents or my great-grandparents. Today, God allows us to see more clearly the meanings of what he was saying when he spoke certain words and certain phrases or made certain promises before commentaries came, before scholars began to dig deep into the word of God. To the Ephesians, Paul wrote this, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What that means is everyone who did not yet know the gospel, did not yet, had not yet heard the gospel, had not yet accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior or the free gift that came from God can now become a member of the family just by saying, I accept Jesus Christ as the free gift for the exchange of my sins. Even today, the only way the mysteries of the kingdom of God can be made known is through the church. Consequently, Christ came to dwell in you and in me by the Holy Spirit so that we, like Paul, can share the good news. Y'all, we wouldn't have enough understanding of it to share with anyone if it was not for the Holy Spirit. We're not in this battle alone. Christ is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes as wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And that's what helps us to stand. Many people wonder, how can we go through days and weeks and months and years of being tortured, of being mistreated, of being ostracized and criticized, of being lied on and sabotaged and maintain our peace? It's because of the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in us who represents the Prince of Peace in us. Isaiah 26, 3 says, thou sh shall keep me in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because you care for us. And then he goes on and says, and trust Yah forever. Trust him forever. For in Yah, for in God, is everlasting strength. 
Strength comes with peace. That's a message for each of us. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul gave the best news yet, not to dwell, not to the devil, but the truth of a mysterious and hidden wisdom of God that was available only to the church. So Paul didn't give the good news to the devil. Remember, anything that's good news to us is bad news for the devil because that's going to represent his coming defeat. But God gives us the hidden wisdom and he makes it available to the church. This is one scripture that I love and I love the meaning of it and I love to expound on it. None of the rulers of this age understood it for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I could go on a long rabbit trail as I talk about this, this scripture, even as I've received greater revelation over the, through the week. But if the devil had known that killing Jesus was gonna spread the good news and spread the spirit of God and cause us to be able to stand against anything he could throw at us, he would have never killed Jesus. You see, the devil in, in Isaiah, Isaiah 14, it talks about Satan getting kicked out of heaven. It was the angels that kicked him out. And you all will remember Satan was in the high position of leader of worship of the God that we serve. In Isaiah 28, it talks about the fact that God will annul their covenant with death. Because somewhere along the line, Satan realized that the way to get us away from God was through death. So he thought get, killing Jesus was going to get rid of him. It's going to stop these people from trying to find the way. It was going to make sure that God didn't have him, himself a church or a people. And so on the cross went Jesus. Verse 9 says, rather as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Jesus came to earth with the assurance that he was giving up his throne in heaven, but only for a period of time. Jesus went to the cross with the assurance that God loved him too much to let him lose in the end. Jesus gave up the ghost certain that it was for the reason for which he had come and that was to save humanity from their sin and jesus came out of the out of the grave to live again forever with the promise of the holy spirit that would represent him when he left the earth in each one of us had the devil, had Satan, had the rulers of this age known or understood the plan of God that was a mystery in God's mind until it became a fruition in the earth, they would have never crucified Jesus to allow him to, to arise in the hearts and minds and the lives of each of us who serve him today. There is so much more that can be said about the mystery of the gospel so let me get to it. It is because Christ died and went to heaven that we have power. Jesus told the disciples, if I go, I will send a comforter to be with you. 
Remember the power from on high that Jesus told the disciples we would have when the Holy Spirit came? That is the power of the Holy Spirit that comforts, he teaches, he helps us to remember, and he intercedes when we don't know what to say. Remember that Jesus said we would have that power for the express purpose of being witnesses everywhere. So you have to wonder if we were picked out to be picked on for our witness. You have to think and know, I guess, and even understand that when the enemy came after us, he was trying to stop Jesus from spreading. That's another problem in and of itself for him. People today more than ever need to know of the hope that we have. They live in fear of terrorism, fear of loss of jobs, homes, cars, loved ones, fear of failure and loss of savings and investments. And surely there is the ever lurking fear of loss of health and even death. We have the secret of living without fear. It does not mean that these things might not come to our door. It means when they come, the power of God that is within each of us answers the door. Therefore, we have hope. Our hope is of the glory, the manifested presence of God himself. When God shows up, things happen. For Moses, when God showed up, Pharaoh saw signs and wonders that even his magicians could not match. After the firstborn died, because there was no blood for the doorposts of the Egyptians, Israel was led across a Red Sea on dry ground. Y'all, all that's a mystery. Those miracles were because of the glory, because God showed up. God made his presence manifest to show his faithfulness to Israel. For the priests at the dedication of the Temple of Solomon, it meant that the priests could not stand because God showed up. The presence of the almighty God himself was so heavy upon them that they could not stand. For Samson, David, Gideon, Elijah, and Elisha, the glory meant that the death of the Philistines, the destruction of the high place that had been dedicated to Baal by Gideon's father, the death of the prophets of Baal, and the resurrection of the widow's son was going to happen all because the glory shows up. God's manifested presence is what caused the power of Samson, for Samson and for David to slay the Philistines. It's what gave Gideon the courage to tear down his father's high places. It was the manifested power of God that allowed Elijah and Elisha to slay the prophets of Baal, and Elisha to lay on that widow's son that he might be resurrected. It was the assurance that God would show up. When Jesus showed up, the glory caused the sea to be calm. It caused the storm to cease. The power of God, the manifested power of God caused the lame to walk, the blind to see. The issue of blood for the woman dried up and the woman who had been bent over for 38 years stood up straight, all when the glory came. And yet, each of these events 
remain a mystery. After the death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus showed up one more time on earth. Then he left and sent the Holy Spirit, who is to represent Jesus in you and in me while we're here on the earth. Jesus' promise to the disciples was that he would not leave them alone. He would not leave them without a helper, without a comforter. And he lives in me, y'all. He lives in you as the manifested presence of God himself. So if someone were to ask you, why do you have hope? What would you say? Look at the world. Wars are really happening, not just in other countries, but right here in the United States of America, on, in our state, on our street, and in our home, war is being waged. Families are against families. There, it, there are diseases. Chemical and biological warfare is being waged against God's people all over the world. Psychotronics and space-based weapons are being used as weapons of mass destruction. Why should I have hope? Why should you? Let's consider these words as I spell out the word hope. The first letter H stands for help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. That means he's the one in charge. He's the only one that knows all about everything because he made it. My help also equals the grace that strengthened Paul. That's a good reason to hope, not in man, but I was told to put my hope in God. The O stands for one. Jesus was one man who died for all men. Once and for all, all my sins have been forgiven. These United States have had 46 presidents. None of them have been able to subdue large kingdoms, heal the sick, raise the dead, or set the captive free forever. Yes, I have hope in the one who lives in me. P stands for power. Jesus told the disciples that you will be endowed with power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But then he breathed upon them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. The mystery is that the Holy Spirit does not need to come upon you to give you strength or power. He lives in you. Your temple is his home. At Calvary, we were bought with the priceless blood of Jesus. That's another mystery. Whoever heard of exchange of blood not cash, checks, money orders, or credit cards. But the word says you are not your own. And the E stands for eternal security. Purchased by Jesus at Calvary, if you or I were asked, why should I let you in my kingdom? Our answer should be because of Jesus Christ. He's my water for my thirsty soul and the food that feeds my spirit. He's my joy and sorrow, my hope for tomorrow. And my grandfather used to say, he called that back over home, heaven. Jesus is my hope for home in the presence of God forever. 
as I close this afternoon, I'm gonna, going to just share with you the words to a song that I grew to appreciate as a young girl in church. And, and I would visit a church and there was these two sisters who sang often and I loved the harmony that their voices made. This particular song was entitled, He's Never Left Me Alone. When we think of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Since I gave to Jesus my poor broken heart, he never has left me alone. Since I for the homeland eternity start, he never has left me alone. He never has left me alone. No, he never has left me alone. By night or by day, he is with me always. He never has left me alone. Not just because Christ lives, but because Christ lives in me, I have hope. Amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.